We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fantasy scoring was down, way down, in the wide receiver apocalypse in week 11. Nick and I are going to break it all down for you coming up on the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Everybody, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the good folks from No House Advantage. Jeff Erickson here with Nick Whalen. Nick, it was a sloppy week 11. A lot of low scores, especially in the early window. Uh, a lot of good players on by, other good players hurt, and other elite players doing nothing. Uh, just all around, I saw a lot, a lot of low fantasy scores, except for the leagues where I was going up against Tony Pollard. Yeah, that was about the only uh, real bright spot. I was just looking at a league where I have 61.6 points, and I'm going to win comfortably in that wow. league, which is uh, not something you can say very often. And that's not a touchdown-only league or anything like that, then? No, no. This yeah. is just uh, just kind of your run-of-the-mill ESPN league. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, just almost no offense You know, in that Jets-Patriots game. Did not have an offensive touchdown there. Eagles-Colts was low-scoring. Uh, Bills came alive in the second half, uh, but but even that one was off to a slow start. I mean, really, like you said, other than Tony Pollard, other than Jamal Williams, uh, a pretty quiet day all around. Big day for Joe Burrow, though, uh, as well, and your Cincinnati Bengals winning that game in Pittsburgh. That, that to me, yeah. felt like it was becoming almost too much of a trap game to the point where I, I kind of regretted uh, taking the Steelers' ATS uh, in staff picks. But, but they put up a fight and almost 70 total points between those two teams. Steelers were winning at halftime. Um, they if they... And on their second interception, they had really good field position. They could have put themselves in a really good spot, but mm-hmm. Bengals defense stiffened up in the second half quite a bit. Um, I was on the Steelers on that one. I was, I was wrong a lot in staff picks this week. So last week, I think I went 11 and three this week. I did not do that. Uh, my best bet was the Vikings. My second best bet was the giants. It was, it was bad. It was bad all around Nick. Well, my best bet was the Giants as well. And I, you know, we, we had Scott Pianowski on the XM show on, on Wednesday, chatted with him about that. Uh, both him and Jim Coventry were, you know, they loved it. They were like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, Giants at, shouldn't be only three point favorites. They're at home against the Lions. Lions have maybe uh, been a little bit inflated with these back to back wins. Neither of them are really all that convincing. And yeah, to me, that was maybe the single most shocking result of the weekend. Obviously, Dallas, you know, 37 point victory on the road at Minnesota that that's, that's almost in a category of its own, but the giants getting smacked around really never feeling like they were in that game at home 
against the Detroit Lions. That, that was a huge surprise. Losing the physical battle, not being able to establish Saquon Barkley at all. Yep. That, to me, blew my mind. Let's start going through these games, and we'll start uh, identifying a few of the things that uh, caught our eye. Starting with the Thursday night game. So, first of all, Nick, I know you were tailgating in Green Bay. Did you actually get yourself into the game? I sure did. I sure did. Thank you for asking. Um, a, a friend of mine from high school and college, uh, his parents had uh, actually indoor club seats. So, I was oh. able to get my hands on one of those. Kind of last minute. Uh, like I told you, uh, you know, last week I was kind of scanning the market. Prices were way down. I was probably going to buy a ticket either way, but uh, my, my, my good buddy Ben came through and uh, tailgating outside. Tell you what, I, I was a little underdressed. You know, I, I would say I handled the cold pretty well, but I'm glad I was sitting inside for that game because I don't know if I would have lasted uh, another three or four hours sitting out in the bowl. But man, disappointing game for the Green Bay Packers. I, I kind of talked myself. Uh, into Green Bay winning this game. I, I took Tennessee to cover. They were three-point dogs. I thought we'd get a really close game, and it, it felt like this game should have been closer. I mean, honestly, I you know this was maybe the best game I can remember Ryan Tannehill playing, so you do have to tip your cap there. He was fantastic all night, but yet again, the Packers had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity in the second half, and when you have the two-time reigning MVP, when you have the, the four-time overall MVP, Super Bowl winner Aaron Rodgers, you know, you could say the defense had some letdowns, but you need to be able to outscore the Tennessee Titans at home. Like that, that's part of the deal when you have Aaron Rodgers on your team. And man, it, it felt like Green Bay took a major step back after that win over Dallas. And at this point, you know, the season's over. Yeah, they couldn't run the ball again. No. And I, I really do think that their offensive fortunes rise and fall with their ability to run. Aaron yeah. Jones, 12 for 40. A.J. Dillon, 6 for 13. It's more yeah. the same. You know, the two previous weeks, you know, they lost the loss against the Lions and then uh, the win against the Cowboys. They ran well. They ran very well. Uh, they did not run so well Thursday. And then they started getting into a deficit. They also like they did that thing, like just like they did in the London game, where instead of like they were making all this good incremental progress and then, mm -hmm. nope, we're going to throw four outs. We're going to go just. You know, we're just going to, I should say four, uh, four verts, excuse me, not outs. Uh, just yeah, let, let fourth and three, let's throw a vert to Lazar down the sideline. That's well covered. Yeah. You know, it, and that was like, that was kind of the game right there. It was like, you could have just kept the balls. You had plenty of time. Just get a first down. You didn't have to get the big play, but they kept trying yeah. for that. I don't know. I don't know, Nick. It just, you know, it, it's the reverse of what I usually think. I think sometimes teams are too cautious in their play calling they all you know they're they're mm -hmm. too all too willing to just play for the glorious first down but i think that the packers or the ran, ran the opposite of that i mean i think they started off the third quarter really well with this one drive where they were just getting little dinks and dunks and moving yep. it down the field and then they like boom they w went into that whole like oh we got to throw it way downfield now and all that and it just didn't work that's just not their game this year it's been something I think that is emblematic of Aaron Rodgers, especially late career, is the you know the notion of trying to get it all back on one play. You know, yep. games where Green Bay gets punched in the mouth, they very rarely punch back. You know, if you look at a lot of their big wins over the years, whether it's regular season or in the playoffs, like it's games that they they get out to a lead and they can build on that lead. They've they've kind of always been a front running team, and when they fall behind, they just don't know what to do. They they do not know what to do. They feel like they if, you know every drive feels like unless we score here, it's over, and that's kind of the mentality on the field and you know, the final four drives of this game for green Bay, three and out punt, three and out punt, four and out on downs. And then you go out on downs again, uh, late in the fourth quarter at that point, you know, you're talking about about two minutes left in the game down two scores. So a little bit of a desperation situation, but the defense 
stepped up when it needed to. I mean, forced I mean, two punts and an interception late in this game. And like, a fourth down stuff of Derrick Henry. Let's not forget exactly. that, too. Uh, exactly. And Derrick Henry, I mean, they committed to stopping him. His longest run was nine yards. He averaged 3.1 yards per carry. I mean, they still ran it 28 times and had an 11-minute drive. Um, they, they were able to do their thing, uh, but they, they said, okay, well, we're going to make t- Ryan Tannehill beat us. Ryan Tannehill played really well, although he did throw a pick. He did have three inter, uh, three sacks. So, I mean, you could look at it from both both viewpoints there. But, you know, Tannehill had a really solid, efficient game, 22-27 for 333. Uh, we saw, you know, we finally saw Traylon Burks uh, have a big yeah. game. And, you know, granted, 51 yards at the end padded the stats of that game. Brilliant play call, by the way. Uh, just ended the game. Uh, but even before that, six it was six for sixty. That that was pretty productive. Uh, he was available for free in like the Rotowire Stake League. I picked him up. Of course, I didn't start him, so I'm gonna probably lose. Yeah. But anyhow, uh, so I, I'm the hero and villain in the same story all of a sudden there. But going forward, I like Traylon Burks. I think he's a guy. You know, another rookie receiver that's getting getting more share. He probably won't go for a hundred every week or anything like that. But the same because especially that's just not the way Tennessee plays. And I know against Cincinnati, they're gonna want to run the ball a ton. Uh, this upcoming week, but still very uh, promising uh, to see him get involved in the mix. It just changes this offense. Yeah. They desperately need some sort of playmaker, uh, uh, you know, alongside Robert Woods, who even calling him a play- playmaker at this point might be a little generous, but you know, you talk about Tannehill, like the, the accuracy was there downfield, you know, especially in tough conditions in Lambeau, you know, kind of had some light snow, some wind throughout the entire game. Didn't seem to phase him whatsoever. If anything, it was Rogers who was affected by it in that second half, but the big plays for Tennessee through the air, that to me is what stuck out. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill was just completing these four yard outs and doing what he needed to do. I mean, these were high level downfield throws. I mean, they had Tennessee had four different players have a longer reception than anyone on the Packers had all night. I mean, they had four different yeah. players with a 30 plus yard. That's reception. right. I mean, it was just big play after big play after big play. And it felt like a lot of those were coming on third downs. You know, it's, it's third and one and, you know, it's one thing to give up a two-yard rush to Derrick Henry. Okay, you reset, but it's like, all right, it's third and one. There's a 42-yarder to Derrick Henry on a screen pass. You know, I mean, it was just the big plays for Green Bay's defense. Uh, I thought overall they they played pretty well, you know, holding Derrick Henry to 87 yards on 28 carries. You'll take that. But uh, obviously, you know, in retrospect, it kind of feels like maybe they sold out too hard to stop Derrick Henry and were not prepared for this Tennessee pass game. Right. Uh, I mean, the no, you know, known uh, passing threat, Derrick Henry at the touch, yep. the Tebow pass. That was, that was pretty uh, funny. That was a and cool he play. threw a good, good throw too. Yeah. Threw, had a really good throw on that. Um, and then, you know, he had the 40 plus yard reception, you know, he's, you know, doing his best Austin Eckler impersonation there. Now actually he just went straight down the field. It was pretty, pretty crazy. Much, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a whole lot else to say. Just Mike Vrabel's a really darn good coach. Uh, and you underestimate him at your peril. Yeah, I mean, I think he's at this point probably a top five coach in the NFL. I, I don't, you know, anybody could debate that. It feels like week to week that changes. But uh, in terms of maximizing the talent on the roster, I don't think anybody's done a better job over the last few years. No, I don't think so either. Uh, so Bengals face the uh, Titans this week. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that one. I have to cheat and look ahead at the line because I already said it in my own head. It's a pretty wide variance there. So I'm not even going to say what it is right now. I've, there's like a, a gap of four points between like the most favorable to the Bengals versus the most favorable mm. to the Titans. So, uh, or if I'm reading that right, no, I, I don't think I am actually, I think it's just a one point variance, but regardless, um, I'm, a, I'm actually a little surprised at that line. I, um, so we'll see. I don't know. Have you seen that line yet? 
Uh, I, I have. I looked over them this morning. I'm, I'm getting a, an, an early start on beating the book. Makes this sense week, for Thanksgiving uh, you know, week. Four sure. games on Thanksgiving. So, so I think Tennessee yeah. Tennessee should be favored uh, in this one. I think so and too. They are not. They're at home yeah. and they are a dog. Um, I hate to be a self hating Bengals fan, but I I think Tennessee deserves to be favored at home here. I mean, I know it's not aesthetically pleasing, but they get the job done. I agree. I mean, I I think you could still say that the Bengals could win this game. Obviously they can. Uh, I just, I don't think they deserve to be favored here. I, I, I don't think, you know, that that's too much to say. It's not disrespecting the Bengals in any way. I mean, the Titans are a very, very good team. They've shown that they can adapt to, to play against just about anybody. I mean, the bills maybe are that one exception. If you look back uh, to week two, I, I do wonder, you know, Jamar chase, there's some inklings that maybe he could practice this week. I do wonder if that is baked into this line at all, but even so, I mean, I, I think I, if I was setting this line, I would go Titans minus two, maybe at home. Titans one and a half. I would have given the standard two and a half. Like they're two equal okay. teams. Yeah, I think that's, that's the totally way fair. I would have treated it. Um, yeah. Let's just talk. Let's we'll talk Bengals Steelers next. Like get sure. that, you know, get in front of that. There it is. A Bengals win day after all. Um, they Joe Burrow does have more time to throw. He still gets hit, uh, rushed at times. Did have two sacks. He's got an issue where he gets the balls tipped at the line of scrimmage. Both interceptions were a result of tips. One, well, one was a smother by T.J. Watt, which was mm-hmm. just an incredible play. Uh, but that that is one downside. No Jamar Chase, no problem, though. He averaged 9.1 yards per attempt. That is ridiculously efficient. 355 yards. You know, he hadn't had one of those slate-breaking games without Chase pr- prior to last night. Uh, and now he has 355 and mm-hmm. four touchdowns. It was the uh, Samaje P. Ryan game, who knew? The Trenton Irwin game, but T. Higgins went off, just didn't score. Uh, four different, I think six different receivers had 20 plus receiving yards. I mean, he, he was just an all around incredible offensive performance. Yeah, I think for fantasy purposes, obviously, P. Ryan uh, is the story there. Three touchdowns through the air for him, four total for Burrow, who, by the way, six interceptions against the Steelers in two games, uh, two against everybody else. So just some of that is a little yeah. fluky. Like you said, you know, I had some passes tipped in this game and, and week one. I mean, to me, that was just uh, kind of a, a comedy of errors that I, I don't know if we'll see anything like that from Burrow right. again in his entire career. And they still uh, almost won. Oh, exactly. They had multiple chances to win that game. I think if, if yeah. McPherson is on, they they win that game probably in regulation. Um, you know, a frustrating day if you're a Joe Mixon owner, obviously. Uh, a couple weeks removed from his huge day. Uh, Tyler Boyd as well. I, I loved him. I had him in a couple DFS lineups. Turned out it was a T. Higgins day. Uh, you know, Boyd really wasn't involved in this game at all until late. Did have one big catch. Uh, Two big catches quarter, on that but, drive. They they went a yeah. good long drive, got out of their deep end, and, and Boyd had both of his catches on that drive. Mm-hmm. They had him playing outside a lot more instead of playing yeah. in the slot. And I think that mattered a little bit, especially against the Steelers. Uh, I, I wouldn't read too much into that. He still had seven targets in this game. It's just they could not stop T. Higgins, nor could they stop practice squad call up Trenton Irwin, which, you know, obviously is to be expected. Uh, Irwin, though, looked really good. He, he looked yeah. much better than the, their other options that they were trying to fool around and try to find as a uh, third receiver while uh, Chase is out. He, he, he'll, he, by, by rule, he has to go back, reverse to the practice squad, but I think he'll get mm-hmm. called up full-time by the Bengals. He, he looked, looked the part. Yeah, he, he just has like the classic white receiver look, you know, yeah. like the long hair. You're like, all right, I, I I trust this guy. He looks like he's going to be tough. It feels like we've seen like, you know, every team has gone through their iteration uh, of Trenton Irwin. But yeah, he, he stepped up in a big way. I mean, like we said, huge day for T. Higgins. Didn't get in the end zone. That was a little frustrating, but it, it felt like, you know, he was the go-to guy. He's crossing routes time after time. He's wide open. He's running in space. Uh, I thought he was extremely dependable. 
A uh, little bit of a, an inefficient day for Tyler Boyd. Did have seven targets. Again, I don't think he had any catches in the first half. Uh, Hayden Hurst had a big catch early on. Didn't really do a whole lot after that. Um, and then Pittsburgh, you know, I, I think the Steelers reaching 30 points in this game. That's what's most surprising. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we, we yeah. thought this would be close. I, I thought if anything, you know, maybe this would be a game that Cincinnati wins or loses like, you know, 24, 21, something like that. Uh, I didn't really see either team playing into the thirties or the high thirties in Cincy's case, but decent day for Kenny Pickett, you know, definitely has some sort of connection going with George Pickens. Uh, still you know, a lot of shakiness overall with Kenny Pickett, but mm-hmm. uh, got to tip your cap. Didn't turn the ball over in this game. That's not something you can say week to week. And Pittsburgh has finally found a way to get Najee Harris going. And I, I don't know if it's ever going to be to the level that fantasy managers really want, but it looks a lot better now than it did the first four or five weeks of the season. Yeah, and Pickett looked better than I've seen him so far. He also looked worse at times, if that makes yeah. sense. There's a couple of just badly missed throws. Uh, he des- did deserve a second touchdown. Pickens just had an ugly, ugly drop late in the game when they were down two scores. And, and Najee Harris ended up getting that touchdown instead. Um, two different ways that Pickett should have gotten credit for that. There was another you – know, on the previous play, Guy com- uh, Gunnar Olszewski comes back, makes this like circus-tipped catch gets down like on the inch line. So it's, you know, I shouldn't, it's not like it was wrongly called or anything, but it was just so close to pick it, uh, getting the touchdown there could have been a much better fantasy day for him. Uh, They did these zone reads early on uh, that were very effective against the Bengals and the Bengals adjusted at halftime as they had, when they're rolling well, their defense adjusts very well uh, at halftime. And that's kind of what they did first, like four drives were barren wastelands for the Steelers and, not until the Bengals got up 37-23 did uh, Pittsburgh really start moving the ball again. Kind of, wouldn't say garbage time, but it was really kind of garbage time. Um, you know, they, they had T.J. Watt's great play and got stymied, got five yards, had to settle for a field goal. Another time, Pickens makes a uh, cir- circus catch. They get their first first down of the half, and they go backwards. They had some penalties, and the Bengals just stuffed them after that. Um, and that was just kind of the game right there. The, the Bengals were able to come up with these big drives in the second half. The Steelers were not. Uh, I mean, the Bengals moved the ball all day, 10, 7, 10, 10. That's what the quarter, the scoring distribution between the quarters was. I mean, it was just steady the whole time. The Steelers had a wonderful second quarter after that. It, it was it was tough sledding until the very last drive. End of the third quarter is what killed Pittsburgh. Like you said, they, they had the interception. You take over basically at this, I think they're at like the 20-yard line of the yep. Bengals, and you go nowhere. You end up taking the field goal. And at that point, it's like, okay, you know, at least we got points. Obviously, you'd love to capitalize uh, mm-hmm. given how this offense has worked all year, getting the ball at that spot on the field. It, it really felt like, okay, if we're going to win this game, if we're going to pull this off, we need to score here. And, and not only did they settle for the field goal there, but next drive, they get the ball back, you know, after giving up a field goal to Cincinnati and you end up punting. And to me, that's, you know, watching this game live, it's just like, those are the opportunities, man. If you're going to pull off an upset like this, you, you absolutely have to get something in those spots. And yeah, it, you know, like you said, the, the highs for Kenny Pickett, like they're there. You, you can kind of see it. I mean, the escapability, he's willing to throw downfield. He has the connection with Pickens. He always seems to find Friermuth, who had another solid day, uh, eight for 79, did not find the end zone, but still uh, by, by 2022 tight end standards, that's an explosive performance. Um, yeah. I, to me, like Kenny Pickett and Zach Wilson, kind of the same guys. You know, I, I think Pickett is like, maybe it's slightly uh, higher floor than Zach Wilson, but I, I kind of see a lot of similarities between those two right now. Yep, I agree. I agree. Uh, Pittsburgh goes to Indy on Monday night. So an island oh game for the Steelers. Uh, that 
No, it, it could have been worse. You know, this, this if they played this game three weeks ago. I'd be dreading it. Now I'm like, oh, okay, I can watch it. I can find something to watch there. Uh, Najee Harris looking promising. That that was you know nice to see him play well. Jalen Warren got hurt early in this game too. Yep. That was unfortunate. Hurt his hamstring. That that's something I would not expect him. You know, we'll see what happens going forward. But I wouldn't expect him to be able to go this week. Hamstring injuries tend to last. Uh, so we'll we'll watch on that one. Uh, Cincinnati side, Mixon had the concussion. We'll have to watch them, uh, watch that status. P. Ryan, we haven't even really talked about Samaje P. Ryan. Three receiving touchdowns. The second I go to Twitter to complain about uh, using P. Ryan on third down, he gets not one, not two, but three receiving touchdowns. Alan Soslowski touted him in sneaky ads oh, yeah. last week. I kind of – I wouldn't say dismissed that notion, but I, uh, I, was, I was a P. Ryan skeptic. Let's just put it that way. Well, obviously, the concussion for Mixon uh, is what kind of pushed this one uh, for for Piran. I mean, 46 snaps uh, out of a possible 66. You know, Mixon going out early. He only played 14 snaps in this mm-hmm. game. So, uh, you know, Allen deserves somewhat of a victory lap, but not too much of a victory lap here, you know, given the injury. Right. Yeah, Travion Williams uh, looks to be the backup. Chris, Chris Evans was actually scratched this, this past week. was inactive. We'll see if that changes, if Mixon has to miss the game. But Travion Williams would be next in line. Uh, there it goes. We'll, and – We'll obviously see about Chase. Uh, our podcasts are uh, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Here are a couple of their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Big thanks to the Blue Wire Network for hosting RotoWire's podcast. Uh, let's move on. Let's keep breaking down this slate. Let's go ahead and look at uh, the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. And injuries are a big storyline in this game. Both Justin Fields and Kyle Pitts coming away from this game with injuries. We're going to wait to see what their statuses are. Fields hurt his shoulder very end of the game. Kyle Pitts got hit hard, uh, had an MCL sprain. We'll see that one too. Uh, let's start on the Chicago side of things. They're not that efficient uh, offensively still. They, they just play the same game every week. It feels like, you know, slightly yeah. different variances uh, here and there, depending on the opponent. But, uh, you know, once, once, once young way Koo hit that long field goal to go up, you're just thinking, well, it's just a countdown until the crushing Justin Fields interception. And, and of course right. we got it. And again, you know, obviously fields, you know, there's that there's, there's a photo of him kind of, you know, leaving the locker room, riding a cart. That's yep. never ideal. Uh, he was clearly favoring that shoulder, took a hit running to the sideline late in the game. Um, you know, you hope it's nothing too serious. He, he didn't look like he was in the highest spirits after the game, but you know, he played well once again. I mean, the, the offense, if you watch this game, just completely every single thing runs through Justin Fields. You know, the, the design runs were there uh, in abundance today. And again, you continue to feel great about the direction that Justin Fields is trending, especially as a runner, you know, like the, again, the, the interception at the end of this game, that was rough. Obviously last week, the pick six to Akuda. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the bears have lost seven out of eight games. And, you know, now all of a sudden the lions feel like this ascending team that's stolen all the momentum uh, in the NFC North. And man, it, you know, th- this season feels like it's really getting away from Chicago. They got to go to the jets next week. And especially if Justin Fields, uh, you know, is banged up at all with that shoulder, um, you know, I, I think that could, that things could get pretty ugly, uh, for this offense, but yet but, again, they didn't play that well. They still got to 24 points. I mean, that's just kind of who they are now. Yeah. And I'd argue that this is like, other than the injury, which is really bad, but otherwise this is a kind of an ideal result field fields plays. Okay. They yeah. have no, he has no receivers. He has one receiver and he has one tight end. Um, we'll see. And Claypool has not done, you know, I was wrong about Claypool being a good ad. He's not done anything completely MIA. over. Uh, so losing that second round pick was probably uh, you know, that that's over, you know is an overpay all of a sudden you know not all of a sudden a lot of people were first guessing properly I I was a contrarian voice and I was the wrong one here uh, but you know them getting a top five pick is is a good result uh, you know in a loaded draft getting field some help or getting him you know capital to trade you know the, there's a lot of different ways they could approach this year so we'll see. Um, so th- th- you can find good vibes with the bears, at least there, except if fields is hurt. And also this is the type of player that he's got that perfect storm of, you know, great runner, strong can break tackles, which means he takes more hits, which means he's got a better chance of getting hurt. He doesn't get calls either. That's the thing that kind of is frustrating. I mean, every week there's at least one late hit, one unnecessary roughness hit that I swear should be called. And, and it just isn't. And other quarterbacks get that call. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think you see it with a lot of running quarterbacks. You see it with Jalen hurts as well. Although it feels like he started to earn a little more respect yeah. this season, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the hits to the head. It's, you know, I mean, fields is 
he's not a big slider. So oftentimes, you know, he's diving forward. You don't necessarily get the benefit of the doubt there, but he's taking yeah. a ton of hits to the head. He's always looking, he's adjusting his face mask. Like, did you see that? Did you see that? Um, right. And time and time again, uh, could not get those calls, but uh, you know, the biggest play. And you know, if you've, if you've seen the highlights from this game, I'm sure you've seen it. Everything changed with that Cordero Patterson kickoff return. Yep. I mean, Atlanta goes yep. down two scores. Uh, they were lucky to, to hold Chicago to a field goal on one of their earlier drives. Felt like the bears That's really right. could have taken this game by the horns. Had they not uh, had to settle for a field goal on that drive, but they go up 17, seven, they have the fumble immediately give up a long kickoff return to Cordero Patterson. Of course, Chicago then misses a field goal before the half uh, Atlanta able to tie it up. And you kind of felt like everything had swung at that point, like major, major missed opportunity for the bears. If you get a stop, or even if you just hold them to a field goal on that ensuing drive, uh, it feels like maybe this game plays out differently for the bears. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, and that, that, that is the thing. David Montgomery did David Montgomery things at a th- average 3.9 yards per carry, uh, did have three catches. So that was that for 54 yards. So that helped, uh, commit didn't do a whole lot after two, three brilliant weeks, not totally surprising. And yet I don't regret going aggressively after him in the one league where I saw him available this week. Uh, but just part of just a continuing strain of like Jeff does badly this week. I just, I had a really rough, rough fantasy week there. Uh, Atlanta, yeah. I mean, offensively, yeah. If it weren't for that Patterson touchdown, I mean, I don't see how the, this team even like how they got to twenty-seven is beyond me. I mean, I guess there's turnovers in the kick return. I mean, that's it. It really was. It really was the the kick return jump started everything. I mean, prior to that, uh, you know, the Cordero Patterson had just fumbled, uh, which set up a, a Chicago touchdown a few plays later. Uh, so it was a really rough start to this game for Atlanta, but, but they found it in the second half. Um, you know, Marcus Mariota, really nice bounce back by him. I mean, he didn't, didn't play the game of his life by any means, but he looked awful last time we saw him uh, against Carolina uh, on that Thursday night game. So a nice bounce back uh, against just a, a bears defense that is just so, so exploitable. I mean, the, the amount yeah. of like Atlanta's just ripping off, you know, 10 to 15 yard rushes with ease against this defense. Like it, it you know, the, the loss of Roquan Smith, especially against a team like Atlanta, yeah, uh, that, that really, really right. showed through. And we should, of course, talk about Kyle Pitts, who I, I think we probably won't see again this year. Yeah, I, I'm still catching up on how bad the injury is. But yeah, MCL injury there. And uh, it looked bad at the time. He tried, you know, he jogged off after getting his attention. Yeah. But that was a hard hit. Yeah, I'm seeing torn MCL uh, will require surgery. That's the expectation uh. per Ian Rappaport. Uh, no timetable yet. So who knows? I mean, it's Kyle Pitts. He's a, he's a complete freak genetically. So maybe he recovers uh, like three X the, the normal person. But I mean, in terms of fantasy, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to be making an impact whatsoever the rest of the way. Yeah. And, and for those people like who see, well, it's just a sprain. No sprain is a tear. Yes. It's just a degree. The difference exactly. is in degrees. If Jeff uh, Stotts has taught us anything, it's that a sprain is a tear. Yes. Yes. He's yelled and screamed and, and pleaded with us to, to get that right. <laughs> Uh, so we will endeavor to get it right. All right. Um, Atlanta is every team, by the way, no buys this upcoming week. Every team plays Atlanta at Washington bears. As you alluded to are at the jets. Let's jump into the jets. Why not this? Okay. I was on the jets. I thought they'd cover. I was pretty confident that the defense was awesome. I feel kind of jobbed on this one, except they scored three points. They had two yards of offense in the second half, two Chris Towers had a funny tweet about like they averaged 2.66 inches per play in the second half inches. Not great. Not great at all. I mean, and then Zach Wilson, after the game, you know, 
it emerges like he, he's thinking like he's b- uh, blameless from this one there. Yeah. At least that was the that was the interpretation. I don't know if he was, you know, I, I don't I wasn't there, but it was just there was a lot of pushback against Zach Wilson after his comment about no, he didn't feel like he let the defense down. I mean, well, I mean, how could he? He was nine of twenty-two for seventy-seven yards. I mean, he he did his job. Yeah. Justin Herbert had a better fantasy day in three throws, uh, yep. in his first three throws, than Wilson had all day. Uh, see, 75-yard drive and a touchdown there. Wilson, 9 for 22, 77 yards. They had 103 yards of total offense. Uh, just, I mean, uh, you know, there, there's, so, there's only so many different ways you can go about just discussing uh, how bad, how disgusting this Jets offense was. Six first downs on the day for the New York Jets. Uh, these teams were a combined seven of 30 on third and fourth down uh, prior to that, that punt return late in the game, which uh, I, re- I read this morning. It was the, the latest uh, or, or basically the first time in like 40 years that a game has had no offensive touchdowns uh, until a, a special teams touchdown that late in the game. Like this is a, like, you know, once in a generation type of event that we witnessed here, uh, yeah. the way that this game ended, 15 consecutive scoreless drives prior to that punt return touchdown. And, you know, 13 of those, I think, were punts. There was a missed field goal, uh, and, and the Patriots also went out on downs in there. I mean, this was as ugly as advertised. Uh, I mean, the, the score reflects it. Um, you know, New England, to me, you're kind of flashing in and out of this game throughout the day. It felt like the Patriots were consistently threatening. You know, they, they were the team that, you know, Damian Harris especially had ripped off a couple of long runs. They, Mac Jones actually played okay. Uh, took some bad sacks, was sacked six times. In yeah, this game. That's, he has, that's he, huge. He might be dead last in the league in terms of like quarterback elusiveness. Like if, if there's a defender near him, he just turtles up and goes down, like no hope of yeah. getting out of it. Uh, so that killed a couple drives for New England. But the Patriots were at least threatening. They were getting over midfield. You know, they missed two field goals in this game. Um, ended up, you know, doing a lot of punts from around midfield as they're wont to do. But the Jets just could not get anything going. And, and you know, the, the defense keeping them in this was a minor miracle. Whereas, you know, New England, I, I thought maybe played a better game on defense. The Jets were just in bend but don't break mode for a full four quarters. And then, of course, it's the special teams that lets them down. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, yeah, you look at Mac Jones's line until you get to the sash. You're like, okay, 23 for 27, 246, 9.1 yards attempt. That's what Joe Burrow did yesterday. Yeah. Okay, this is good. Okay, six sacks, ugh, no touchdowns. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, it was, I, you know, they're just – just some, it was weird. They didn't turn the ball over at all. It just, it was just ugly. And the win, you know, Nick Folk missing two field goals, and that that lessens the confidence of taking other field yep. goal attempts later. Uh, it's just, it was ugly. Ramondre Stevenson couldn't get on track. Fifteen for twenty six. Damian Harris was actually the better back yesterday. Not great. At least again, like a couple of weeks ago, Stevenson salvaged his day with six catches for fifty six yards. So he didn't utterly totally kill you fantasy wise, but man, just could not get on track. Yeah, again, I, I remain just really impressed with this Jets defense. Um, yeah. You know, you, you kind of – it really feels like losing Brees Hall. Like, that was, they needed him, I think, to kind of offset Zach Wilson and, and just give them more of a weapon out of the backfield. Uh, you know, my yeah. guy James Robinson has made, like, no impact since coming over from Jacksonville. They didn't even use him all that much in this game. Uh, no. You know, Michael, Michael Carter, eight carries. Robinson, seven. Uh, Ty Johnson was also in the mix. I think well. Ty Johnson uh, had more snaps than Robinson. Even. I think he did. Yeah. I'm trying to look up the snap count right now. I saw some tweets about that. Uh, so people kind of, kind of lamenting uh, the lack of usage for James Robinson, but yeah, I think he was third uh, among jets running backs just in snaps uh, in this game. And you know, they, they didn't give up huge draft capital to get him, but 
Um, at the time of the trade, I, I thought he would make a bigger impact. Only played 11 snaps in this game. Did did carry the ball, you know, almost every time he was in the game. But yeah, 11 snaps for Robinson, 16 for Johnson, 23 for Michael Carter. Yep. When you had three running backs, you have none apparently in this case. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson was uh, he went off in the locker room uh, after the game, and it's his turn to be the diva receiver that's upset. Only three targets, so I don't blame him. Two for twelve for, on three. You know, Belichick's known as taking away your most important player. It looks like he did that. Yeah, I, I think Garrett Wilson, you know, stopped just short of basically saying our quarterback is terrible. Uh, you know, I think he he, he was just uh, kind of general enough about his comments that you could. You could talk yourself into him, you know, talking about the coaching staff and the quarterback or the offense in general. But uh, I would imagine that he's not the only guy in that Jets locker room right. uh, who feels like the defense played maybe its best game of the year and gave the Jets so many opportunities, literally, you know, 10 plus opportunities to just put up one touchdown throughout this game. Uh, and and really, at no point did the Jets even threaten to do that. You know, I mean, they, nope. they got the field goal early on, but there was no you know, it's, it's not like they, they, they got down to the 10 yard line and Wilson threw a pick. Like they were just not even close to scoring this entire second half. Yep. That's right. Both teams are six and four. The jets have a, a, a get well game against the bears. We'll see if they can take, take advantage yeah. of that. Uh, New England faces goes on the road to face the Vikings. And I have no idea what to expect in that game. No, that that's a, I mean, we, we could talk about Vikings Cowboys, but I think that was such a stunning result that it, it almost does force kind of an on the fly reevaluation of the Vikings who I will tell you are three and a half point favorites at home uh, against the New England Patriots after being home dogs to the Cowboys yeah I was so aggressively wrong on if I made the Vikings my best bet I was like they should be favored by two and a half even three maybe you know and (laughs) uh, I wasn't even close all right before we start talking about that let's uh share a quick note from our friends at No House Advantage uh No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code NHAWIRE. That's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined. Because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right. I did want to you know, miss out just much like most of the CBS audience. Wanted to miss out on the uh, second half of that Vikings-Cowboys game because it was just so uncompetitive. It really was. Uh, and, you know, the, the Cowboys kind of kept their ones in this game longer than I expected. You know, we saw yep. Michael Parsons exit with an injury late. Uh, that was not ideal for that Dallas defense by any means. But, yeah, man, th- this game was over. Over. Uh, it felt like by halftime, you know, uh, Maher tacking on the the 60-yard field goal on his second try. Uh, before yep. the half that that to me kind of felt like an emphatic uh, all right you're gonna make me do it twice then so be it I'll just do it again uh, 23 to 3 at the half I mean the Vikings Kirk Cousins gets strip sacked on the fir- or third play of the game uh, just felt like from there uh, that the route was on and you know Minnesota was able to hold Dallas to a field goal on that on that next drive after the fumble they match with a field goal of their own um, but you know just the Minnesota offense to me that was the bigger issue obviously the defense yeah. you know you let up 40 points but 
what a no-show by Kirk Cousins, uh, a no-show by Justin Jefferson. Uh, they, they did get Dalvin Cook going a little bit early on. Obviously, had to get away from the running game as the as, as the game um, you know played out. But man, this was this was one of those those lines, like you said, that you know we're going in, we're thinking, what did the odds makers know that we don't? And uh, it's pretty clear that they knew something here. They knew plenty. Uh, I think I think Kevin Payne actually did, did the opposite of me, and he made the Cowboys his best bet. So victory pain uh there um so uh you know one of the big things is they did lose christian garrisaw early uh they're starting left tackle and they you know it's his second concussion as many weeks there's no way he plays on thursday just uh, if there well there is a way but i mean my goodness the odds are staggeringly against uh, and would be crazy to do so uh but that means they're kind of in trouble against matthew judon and the uh and the pats coming this up week here i mean uh, and you know Every time I start having good feelings about the Vikings, they do this. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy. Okay, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. Okay, they beat the Bills. Okay. I know that they were lucky in that game, but still, I thought that they proved that at least they were a pretty good team. Now the doubts are all back again. They have a worse point differential than the Jaguars right yes. now, uh, which is, you know, that, that's all you need to hear. Three and seven Jags, eight and two Vikings, and the Jags are, I think, plus 11. Minnesota's now negative on the year uh, and on dare saw, by the way, I mean, they already ruled him out for Thursday yesterday. Yep. So they're being, okay. They did know, rule him super out. cautious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you said, never really felt like there was much of a chance that he would play, but yeah, you know, I, I think if you're a Vikings fan in the back of your mind, you were always wondering like, is this team actually this good? And then you go and you beat the bills. You know, I think that was kind of the, all right, maybe we are this good. Like we found a way to win a game that we always seem to be on the other end of, you know, for the last 20, 30 years, it's like the Vikings are the team that is finding ways to lose those close games that to me felt like, okay, we've turned a corner. We've beat maybe the best team in the NFL. Let's keep this rolling. This is our opportunity to prove it. They're coming into our home. We're underdogs against this team that just lost to the Packers. And not, I mean, to just not even make it competitive. That's such a letdown. I think yep. if you're, if you're a Vikings fan, like I, I don't, now you got to regroup and play a, a really good Patriots team, like you said. And you know, this is not a, a team that you want to be facing on a short week by any means. You, you do get another home game. That's big. Uh, but at the same time, man, missing Darisaw, you know, licking your wounds from a 37 point loss at home. Um, no matter what happens the rest of the year for the Vikings, like they're, they're probably still going to cruise to the NFC North title. Right. Um, you know, they'll be in a good spot in the playoffs. But I, I just think this is the game that's going to stick in the mind, not only of Vikings fans, but of everybody, you know, who, who evaluates the NFL. Like this is this is one of those games where I think the Vikings kind of showed their true colors. Yeah, and no one's going to go into the playoffs like going on a road game to Minnesota and think, oh, this is a no. fortress. We have no chance here. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I know that, exactly. That, that, I think that. Sure. And that was a big part of the reason that you know, people were on the Vikings. I, I picked them in my pick'em league. I, I, I went mm -hmm. low, but I thought the Vikings would win. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is, this is a real home field advantage. You know, this is, this is not Los Angeles. This is not Arizona. This is a tough place to play. Cowboys right. were completely unfazed. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, again, you know, Tony Pollard went off. You know, go figure. The better running back actually does some good stuff. Uh, Zeke got the two goal line carries. So, yeah. I mean, he did goal line touchdowns. But Pollard still scored twice, went six for 109 in the receiving game, including that beautiful wheel route on third and 14. I mean, how, how you, you know, get find, finding a way to isolate against the linebacker on that and giving him enough time to throw. Those were two big things. I mean, Dak had to hang in there a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't quite get to him. In fact, he didn't get sacked once uh, during the course of the day, but him hanging in there long enough to get that throw and dropped a perfect dime, caught Pollard in stride. 
after that, it was just there was zero chance of the linebacker catching. It was just it was it was a beautifully designed and executed play. That was one of the, the the starkest differences in this game. Watching the Dallas offense, Dak under no pressure the entire day. Yeah, had all the time in the world, super efficient. I mean, he was dialed in. This was his best game yeah. of the season, I think, by a pretty wide margin. Uh, really, best game in a while for Dak Prescott, even counting a lot of last year. And Kirk Cousins was sacked seven times in this game, and it could have been more. I mean, he was completely under siege. Um, yeah. Yeah, obviously, you got to protect the ball on that that initial strip sack. Part of that is on Kirk Cousins. He had no awareness that Mike, Micah Parsons was coming around the corner. Uh, behind him but yeah this was a you know a pretty shameful performance I thought by the Minnesota offensive line especially after we saw the the Packers of all teams do a really good job I thought neutralizing that Dallas defensive front Um, you know I thought we'd maybe see the Vikings take more of a page out of what Green Bay did and you know as we talked about on the XM show the key for Minnesota was the one place you could exploit Dallas is on the ground and it felt like they did that earlier and I don't know if the game just got away from them and they felt like they couldn't go back to it but Dalvin Cook ran well, and they yeah, you know they, did. they tried it early. He only had 11 carries. Again, I know you're down big. You're down 23 to three at the half. It's tough to remain dedicated to it. But much like the Jets, Minnesota did not really threaten to score after that field goal drive. Like it, you know, Dallas controlled the right. clock. Um, and it's not like you know Minnesota. You think back to that Eagles game where they're they're repeatedly getting down, you know, deep into opponent territory, and you're turning it over. You know, you maybe you're missing field goals like. I mean, these were just straight up like three, four, five play drives that ended in a punt. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Minnesota also had seven penalties for 59 yards, so they kind of shot themselves in the foot a few times there too. If I'm going to pick a nit with the Cowboys, it's that they left their starters in too long. Micah Parsons got shaken up during this game. Okay, like, okay, he shouldn't have even been in there for that. And then he came back after that? Like, what are you thinking? Just, yeah, that was strange. It, it, that was very strange. Um, you know, we, we saw both Cooper Rush and Nick Mullins in this game. Uh, we did not until way yes. later. I mean, this game was well decided. And I mean, Dak probably played two more series than he needed to. He played longer than uh, Cousins did. Yeah, I, unknown reasons. I, I have no idea what was up there. Like the spread was well in hand. I, I don't I don't yes. know what uh, what angles you want to take with that one. But, um, you know, somebody like Dak, I, I don't think he really needs any more reps. And yeah, of course, it felt like they almost paid for it. Uh, with the Parsons injury, which hopefully is not going to be anything overly serious. When this, when CBS pulls away from your game before you pull your uh, starters, then you know you've kind of missed your cue. Uh, yeah. And they missed it, it wasn't like by a, like a, a tiny little okay, we'll, we'll switch it. No, they went like two series after that, and then they finally yeah. switched it out. So, so it goes. All right, uh, we'll move on to the next game. But before we do that, uh, we've got our good friends at Stathead to talk about. It's easy to find Derrick Henry's statistics from this year. With a quick Google search and a visit to Pro Football Reference, you can see that he rushed for over 900 yards and nine TDs going into this past week. But that raises many more questions. How many other players have hit those marks through nine games? How many did it at at Henry's age? To answer those questions, there's StatHead. StatHead is your all-access pass to Pro Football Reference database. In StatHead, you can compare up to six players' stats side-by-side to determine who to start and who to sit, or you can dig through advanced stats to find the perfect player to add off waivers. There is an array of simple tools that unlock an endless number of search options, all using the same easy-to-use interface that you already know from Pro Football Reference. Plus, StatHead lets you browse Pro Football Reference ad-free. Sign up with the promo code ROTOWIRE for $20 off an annual subscription to StatHead. All right. We talked about uh, the Vikings and Cowboys. Let's move on. Uh, Let's discuss the Giants, the Cowboys' next opponent, losing at home to Detroit. Ugh. 
ugly yeah. game. I mean, and this this is one one of the, my my takes here is this is what happens when Danny and when Dimes has to play, try to play catch up. You're sunk. I mean, it, it's just this is not a, this is not a good catch up team. They are a front running team. Um, yep. If you look, you okay? He threw for 341 yards. Okay, has two interceptions, two sacks. Just the interceptions were both huge in this one here. Uh, yeah, it, it was not a good game. They couldn't stop the Lions' running game, and they couldn't run the ball themselves other than dimes. I thought this was going to be a huge, huge spot for Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, he was way up there in terms of price in DFS contests. Mm-hmm. I, I, I fell for the bait there. Did carry 15 times, but 22 yards for Saquon Barkley against this horrific Detroit Lions defense. And, you know, Daniel Jones, like you said, had the two picks. Other than that, it, I thought he played okay. Uh, we saw Wandale Robinson have a big day. Unfortunately, it looks like he tore his ACL. He's going to be done for the year. Yes. Um, you know, Darius Slayton, another decent day. And obviously, the Giants were throwing the ball a ton in the second half. This, to me, is one of the, the most surprising results, really, of the entire season. I mean, Detroit doing this on the road at the New York Giants. Jared, you know, Jared Goff, outside, cold weather, bad conditions, didn't seem to matter. Uh, I, I really thought Detroit was, I was going to say a paper tiger. I don't think, I don't even know if they ever reached that status, but, you know, back-to-back wins over Green Bay and Chicago. I think they were really lucky to win both of those games, but this is a statement win for Detroit. And, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. Ultimately, it probably doesn't mean all that much, but this is a quality, quality win for Dan Campbell, uh, who felt like was maybe close to getting fired three weeks ago and and now has ripped off wins over Green Bay, Chicago, and the Giants. Jamal Williams for fantasy. Obviously, that's the biggest storyline. Continues to be very frustrating. You know, if you're a DeAndre Swift owner, he practiced in full, Last week, we're thinking, okay, maybe the workload tilts back his way. He carries just five times for, for 20 yards in this game, although did he get scored. in the end zone. He, he scored. scored. He had three catches. So, eh, I, you know, Williams has done his job. You know, it, it's hard to get mad when Jamal Williams – I mean, he's not he's averaging the league five yards a carry. Yes, he is. He's, he is. And he's, he's done his job. He's done what he's expected to do. I mean, yes, two years ago, there was a lot of hype about, okay – Jamal Williams is going to really crater DeAndre Swift's value. And we're like, yeah, yeah, see, it didn't really happen. Okay, this year it happened. Um, this, everybody was right. Uh, it just took him a year. Justin Jackson, nine for 66 in this game. He was running yeah. the ball well, too. Like you said, the Giants just couldn't get off the field. This game was, I mean, the Giants scored 12 points in the uh, in the fourth quarter. Really, I mean, it was, it was garbage time scoring for them. It wasn't yeah. even as close as the 31-18 score indicates there. And that Not wasn't at all. that close. Not at all. If, if you look at some of the numbers, like the Giants had more yards by, by a pretty significant margin. They had more plays, more first downs, more time of possession. But, you know, a lot of that came late in this game. I mean, it was it felt like it was decided, you know, at one point it was 24 to six at the end of the third quarter. And this Giants team, like you said, I, you know, I don't know if they're front runners in the same way that the Packers are, but this team is not built to come from behind by any means. And no. Nope. Yeah, they, you know, they tacked on a couple of scores in that fourth quarter. You know, Detroit kind of let its guard down, but it, it never never really felt like the Giants uh, were, were truly threatening. And again, I've, I've been pretty skeptical of this Giants team. I, I still think talent-wise, you know, they don't necessarily measure up to their record. But if anything, they had kind of proven that they, they're able to, to, to beat the bad teams, you know, and yeah. avoid, you know, thwart these kind of upsets. Uh, again, especially at home. Like, it's one thing if you have to go to Detroit – and uh, you, know, you you get caught looking ahead, whatever. Some of those 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 games happen, but it felt like this Giants team, if they were good at anything, you know, it was very Titan like. It's like you know we're not we're not going to beat ourselves. You know, if a bad team comes in, we're going to take advantage of what we can do against them, and we're going to grind out a win. This this was just the, the total opposite of almost every other game this season. I mean, the 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 only other time this defense 
has been exploited like this was a few weeks ago against Seattle. Yep, that's right. That's right. Um, Jamison Williams got designated to return from IR today. Uh, do you put in a bid on him this week, knowing you probably won't get anything this week? Uh, I, I actually I grabbed him probably three, four weeks ago in one league. So okay. that, that was kind so of yes. my big that was kind of my big Jamison Williams stab. It was right around the time we had some optimism, and then you know that that kind of went back down for a little bit. But you know, he's somebody that will be a luxury on that team. I mean, I, I don't necessarily know right now that I have a single league where he would be like I'd be slotting him in as a starter whenever he's off IR, I, I think I want to wait and see, maybe you need another injury somewhere, but I'm absolutely, if I have a spot on my roster or you could still keep him in an IR slot for now, hundred percent. I, I want to see what he can do. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. I agree. Um, especially considering DJ Chark had one target. Uh, yeah. they, they, they're, they, they, they've got other guys hurt uh, too, but Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown got his eight targets he didn't, they didn't ask him to do much, though, because they were winning the whole time. Game flow worked against him in this case. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on from this game to another instant classic. Ugh. Carolina and Baltimore. Ugh. Let's just get oh, it out. Right. Let's rip off the Band-Aid, get it done and over with. I can't I ha- – I'm, I haven't done the rewatch on this one here. I mean, there were precious few live look-ins on Red yeah, Zone because it. it was bad. It's really it's it's right up there with or right down there, I guess you could say, with uh, New England and the Jets. Yeah, we game started off hot, six straight punts, uh, then a, a turnover by Baltimore to to end the punting. Uh, this was just a, a classic letdown game by the Ravens, and you know credit to them for for finding a way to win. We've seen teams have these letdowns against Carolina and not be able to crawl off the mat late in this game, like Baltimore did. But yet another double digit favorite that did not cover. I think it's now right. what, like four and 10 on the season or something like that. Uh, ATS for, for double digit favorites. It has not been pretty. Uh, this Carolina team has, has been on the, the winning end of a couple of those uh, ATS. And I mean, Carolina did not play well. Yeah. I was just going to say, my God, they well. did their best to try to make Baltimore they cover were. and at least offensively. And Baltimore said, nope, don't want it. We're good with yep. 10. That, we're, it was, we're good yeah, with it this was more so. Right to me, it was a letdown by the Baltimore offense more than anything. It's not like Carolina yep. was all that frisky. I mean, Baker Mayfield just, he looked like Baker Mayfield, believe it or not. I uh, had two picks in this game. You know, the second of which was, was extra crushing. Uh, did have one long play to Terrace Marshall. Other than that, this was a very, very limited Carolina attack. I think it was like a, in PPR leagues, even it was like a 1.2 fantasy point day for Deontay Foreman, who I started yes. in, in multiple leagues. Love that. Uh, did not I, I didn't feel great about this matchup, but I mean it went about as badly as it could have. Yeah, completely terrible. Eleven for twenty-four, just one target, no catches. Ugh, just there, there was not much to recommend. DJ Moore is now DJ Less again. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it, it's funny. Like I think Baker just isn't good. I just I, I think we got to walk away from this. I mean, he had the one half against the Bengals, but he's just not that good. I need to get PJ Walker back. And I never thought I'd be saying that this season, but here we are. Um, I was disappointed. You know, Jeff Johnson asked thoughts on Lamar. Lamar didn't play well. Didn't, didn't throw all that well Had the one interception, 209 passing yards did have the rushing touchdown, which uh, Drake gets down to the one and then gets one more running attempt, gets to the half line. I'm on Drake. I don't have Lamar really, except for a best ball league. I'm like, uh, just, Get, like let Drake get it again. Let's let's reprise the Monday night game against the Saints. Let's do this. No, and of course Drake only had two catches, so it was just bad scores all around. And this game was just ugh, ugly the whole time through. Yeah, Lamar was sacked three times as well. Yeah, you know, obviously yeah. a very difficult player to sack, so that 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 means a lot for this Carolina defense. And 
yeah, I mean, if you're Baltimore, you're just happy to escape with a win. That's for sure. But uh, an ugly, ugly, ugly performance by the Ravens. I, I thought this was going to be a smash spot for Baltimore. You know, I, I thought we, I thought we'd see a, a letdown for Carolina with Baker Mayfield coming off that win over Atlanta. I mean, I was, I was thinking this could be like 30 to 10 Baltimore and it was anything, but. Yeah. I think we can dismiss any thought of Devin Duvernay being the number one receiver. No, it's Demarcus Robinson. Robinson actually smashed he did. nine for nine, one twenty-eight. Just didn't get in the end zone. Mark Andrews, six for 63 in his first game back on eight targets. So, you know, those guys did their job. Just nothing else. There's just nothing else. I thought Isaiah likely could still contribute with Andrews back. I was wrong about that. He it's very nearly had a touchdown. Yeah. There was a, he was running wide open in the back of the end zone. Lamar threw high. Uh, so, you know, that could have changed the narrative in a minor way. But like you said, I mean, Robinson yeah. and Andrews accounted for like 95% of Lamar Jackson's yards. Yeah. All right. I think we can move on from this one. Less said the better. Please. All right. Buffalo, Cleveland in Detroit. Uh, started off really poorly for the Bills. They they didn't wake up in this game. Yeah. Uh, they were down 10-3 and Cleveland was driving. They had a drop in the end zone. Uh, could, you know, I had to settle for a field goal. They could have been up like 14-3 really quick. Uh, instead, Buffalo kind of just clawed its way in and they became a running team. My James Cook shares, which were no longer, which I've since divested of now have value again. Yeah. The, uh, I, I still remain like, I, I'm still a little skeptical of the bills. Like this was not quite as convincing as you would have liked. Like you said, it was a pretty ugly first half, you know, Stefan Diggs. I wouldn't say he was getting into it with Sean McDermott, but Sean McDermott had to come over and give him a, a nice talking to uh, on the sidelines. I think at that point, Diggs had not even been targeted. Uh, he of course did get a touchdown in the second half when the bills started to look like the bills, but it was, it was not a great Josh Allen game again. No. You know, he was really shaky early on. Uh, and I, I think that's part of the reason that they felt like they had to go to Devin Singletary and James cook. Those guys combined uh, for almost 30 carries in this game. Uh, once again, saw very limited work for Naheem Hines. Uh, he was, he was involved on special teams a little bit, but uh, you know, to, to, to me, he kind of looks like, as we called him a luxury piece for this team. And they just haven't yeah. really gotten him all that involved. Only played 10 snaps uh, out of the backfield for Buffalo. Uh, that's out of a possible 65. So, you know, it, it kind of feels like the Colts, you know, we always thought that, you know, okay, he got, he's getting unlocked. He's going to Buffalo. Colts didn't find a way to unlock. Maybe he's not unlockable. He's the new Duke Johnson who happens to be on the same team as the original Duke Johnson, but I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, on the Brown side of this, I thought Jacoby Brissett played pretty well, did lose a big fumble. Uh, that was a, little, a momentum changer it was. in the second quarter, but early on was, was dropping dimes to Amari Cooper. Um, and even late, you know, had a nice throw to, to Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, who salvaged a decent fantasy day. He goes five for 61 with a touchdown. Uh, pretty disappointing from Nick Chubb. I mean, you're almost never going to see him be this inefficient. 14 for 19, 14 yep. carries, 19 yards for Nick Chubb uh, did have three catches for 48. So salvaged a little bit out of the backfield, but still pretty disappointing day from him overall, though. I, I know we kind of disagreed on this when we discussed last week, we were robbed. I wanted this game played in Buffalo and I, I understand there's a million reasons why it didn't happen, but we went from potentially like this crazy wild environment to a completely neutral environment inside in the dome. So I, I want to put that out there. This game, I, I wanted to see a snow game. Yeah, I think there was still like 50,000 fans there, which is pretty impressive right. for, on such short notice. I get it. I mean, I who doesn't want to see a snow game? I, I want to see a snow game, too. I just thought this was, you know, 77 inches of snow in certain places. I mean, you saw like all the videos, all the, the pieces about how hard it was for the Bills to get to the game. Right. It just 
you're putting a lot of people in danger by trying to get them to go to right. the game in Buffalo. I, I, I totally understand why. Um, yeah, I have a lot of Nick Chubb. I have a lot of Justin Jefferson. I have a lot of Tyreek Hill. I have those three specifically as my top three picks in, in, in the uh, NFFC primetime where I was uh, nine and one going into this week. I'm going to be nine and two now. Uh, absent like just a miracle tonight, but I, Kittle's just got to go crazy and it's just not going to happen. But um, you can see why it was a bad week for me here. Uh, there, there was a lot of that. I also have a lot of Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. I, you know, a lot of got a lot, you know, there was seven to eight startable receivers on by this week, if you, depending on what you think about Julio Jones. Uh, but other, you know, seven clear starting fantasy receivers and a lot of people were hurting. Scores are down everywhere. Yeah, that's not that's not even counting Zay Jones either. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I, the, you're missing two from the Bucks, two from the Seahawks, two big ones from Miami. Uh, maybe we we should have foresaw uh, this lower scoring week, but I, I think a lot of it too is guys like mm-hmm. Samaj P. Ryan, you know, racking up three touchdowns. Like you know, not a lot of people uh, starting Samaj P. Ryan uh, around fantasy leagues. So really, or really weird rostering. week. Yeah. Yeah, because we still had high-scoring games. You know, I mean, it, there, there's been some weeks where it feels like every game is like, you know, 20 to 19. Like, you know, the Bills are in the 30s. Uh, Bears-Falcons, you know, that that combined to go over 50 points. Uh, a lot of the late games, we had high-scoring. It was just, you know, the the, uh, the the fantasy production didn't necessarily match up uh, with the point totals, if that makes yeah. sense. Cleveland got there late. Otherwise, that was going to hit the under, too. But yeah. then Cleveland got yep. the backdoor cover and the backdoor over. Uh, yeah. But, you know. We saw Jets and uh, the Jets and Pats and Ravens and Carolina. Houston got the late touchdown, but still 33 total points in that game. 33 total points in Indy. It's a lot of ugly early games action there. It was kind of yeah. frustrating for me. Uh, let's talk about that Washington and Houston game real quick. Uh, Washington defense was the pickup of the week. They got the pick six. Uh, they got uh, five sacks. They two interceptions on Davis Mills. I mean, they just squashed. Uh, Houston Houston had, I think, what, five yards of offense in the first half. Uh, just yeah. ended all hope. A lot of Damian Pierce managers, very unhappy. Uh, it's just there, There's no recovering from this sort of game. Oh, and you know, I, I, I was a little nervous about this when I was on an island. I took the commanders minus three on the road in staff picks. Everybody else was yeah. on Houston, and I, I get it. You know, value-wise, maybe the commanders shouldn't have been three-point favorites, but – I, I was shocked really, at how easy this was. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe they should have been 13-point favorites, apparently. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the pick six right away, I mean, that just set the tone from there. You know, Washington, I, I think, could kind of relax and, and play its game plan, not feel like it needed to push too much. And, you know, they, we saw them run the ball 40 times in this game for 153 right. yards. Not super efficient. Not all again, that well. Yeah. Well, But it was also a game they led 20 to nothing at the half and just tried to bleed out for the most part in the second half. Yeah, I mean, Heineke – Okay, you know, 15 to 27, 191, no scores, about what you'd expect from him. Uh, not really a huge day for anybody uh, in this game, fantasy-wise. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks had a long reception to, to salvage a, a reasonably okay game. Uh, but Damian Pierce, I mean, that's the, the big disappointment. Not that this was an advantageous yeah. matchup by any means against the Washington defensive line that, wow, man, like it, I follow a lot of football people on Twitter, and I, I feel like it's not often that you see defensive lineman highlights pop up throughout the day. And more often than not, it's like, wow, look at what Jonathan Allen is doing to this Texans offensive line. I saw a lot right. of that right. yesterday. And they didn't even get Chase Young back. You know, we thought midweek that he might rejoin this team. Sounds like that could probably happen now in week 12. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it, just looking like watching the defensive touchdown, they had Curtis Samuel with a rushing touchdown. So they ran it 40 times and either Gibson or Robinson had a good fantasy day. I mean, no. think about that for a second. That's just... 
It's just mind-boggling. Nobody, no receiving touchdowns. It was just there. There, there was it was almost a fantasy zero game. It just it really was. Joey Sly was your fantasy hero as well, along with the defense there. Yeah, yeah, it's Sly and the defense. You know, getting that pick six that was that was big. I mean, it was that is a defense that a lot of people were streaming this week. So you you know you gotta gotta give credit there. Obviously, you're reading into the matchup. Uh, but yeah, even McLaurin. You know, I, I thought this would be a great spot for him. I, I had him in, in two DFS lineups, thought that he could go crazy against this Houston defense, but they just didn't really need him. That was the biggest thing. You know, in the yeah. second half, they just – Washington completely slowed it down. They did exactly what they should do because they knew the Texans were not going to put up three scores on that defense. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Let's move on from that game. Uh, just a whole lot of blah. Speaking of a whole lot of blah, Philly and Indy. Oh, my. Oh very, my. you know, very frustrating game to watch. Ooh. I mean – Philly, like their, their receivers, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown were winning battles all day. And then they just forget they existed and they'd run into the pile on third and four every time. I'm just like, stop this already. Jalen Hurts got his rushing yards, got the late QB uh, quarterback draw touchdown, which was parting of the Red Sea, uh, parting of the Blue Sea, I guess. Uh, but you know, it's, he, he's going to end up with a decent enough fancy day because of his 86 rushing yards and the touchdown. But this was not a good offensive performance by the Eagles. The defense really stepped up. Defense had some huge, huge stops in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought I thought Philly was pressing a little bit. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. I think it was still pretty early in the third quarter. They went for it on a fourth and 10 around midfield. Fourth and 10. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, in terms of field position, I'm okay with you going forward on fourth. But uh, you know, that play just ended up being completely blown up. I, I, I think Jalen Hurts like, ran out of bounds or something. Like It was just... It was a rough call and you could see Sirianni like it was, it was kind of a like we talked about with the Packers. It's like you're down 13 to three and they just they felt like they wanted to score a touchdown so badly that they're willing to do whatever. Just throw caution to the wind. And I, I thought at that point, I'm like, if, if Indy takes over here and scores, they're going to be in real trouble. You know, if it's if it's yeah. 16 to three or it's 20 to three, I don't know if the Eagles are coming back. And the defense stepped up, forced a punch, forced a three and out. Uh, that was huge. They forced a missed field goal on the next possession. So uh, obviously, you know, Philly got it together just in time to tack on that last touchdown, but this was a game that, that the defense really did win for them after giving up a touchdown on the first drive of the game. I mean, it, it, it was right away. You kind of knew like, all right, the Eagles are going to be in trouble here. Like the, the, the Colts are not going to be rolling over. Yeah. On, I have the sleep, you know, on the sleeper app, I get the player X made a big play notifications. Yep. I've got four leagues on sleeper. So I got the, you know, Michael Pittman just made a big play. Jonathan Taylor just made a big play. And, you know, all of a sudden it was 7 nothing. Yeah. Halftime, Taylor's at 11 for 64. He ended up 22 for 84. They just yeah. could not get on track in the second half. Uh, pair, you know, big job by the Philly defense. They got four sacks. And then, of course, the way the game ended. So they, they, they the Colts had a penalty or two. I think they got sacked once and then had another yeah. penalty. It's fourth and 21. They got a little bit of a rush on Ryan, but still. They throw a check down to Deion Jackson on fourth and 21. Yeah. He not only that, then Jackson goes out of bounds. I mean, no laterals, <laughs> nothing. Just he was, it, it felt like he wasn't even looking to lateral it. Like, you know, sometimes you'll see that and guys will just realize like, ah, there's nobody there. I'll just, I'll just like, he just caught it. Like it was second and four, you know, like in the middle yeah. of the second quarter, like no yeah. reaction at all. It was, yeah, that was, I'm glad you mentioned that. I thought that was funny uh, watching the end of that game. I, I think the Colts, you know, they knew their, their, their uh, fate was sealed. At that point, you know, fourth and 21 with Matt Ryan, uh, not exactly Mr. Elusive right. creating time back there. Uh, AJ Brown, by the way, another huge fumble in this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- th- it felt like for a little bit, a, a redux of last week against Washington. Uh, Philly's driving, you know, for what felt like might be the go ahead score 
midway through the fourth quarter. A.J. Brown just gets straight up stripped. That, that, right that after was Taylor had fumbled, too. They had gotten their yes. big turnover. Exactly. Um, and then, nope, they said do not want. Um, yeah, it, it, it was – yeah, Philly's kind of missing their a little bit of their mojo right now. Uh, obviously, losing Goddard hurts. Um, yes. you know, that, that's a big part of it there. Uh, they didn't really go to the, uh, the backup tight ends. Jack Stoll had one catch and on his only target and they, no other tight end got even targeted there. So, yeah, you know, they, they have to figure out how to replace that still. Uh, Miles Sanders didn't get on track 13 for 47. He did get a catch. Miles Sanders got a catch to stop the, stop the presses. He he's been, he was a pass catching back at one point in time. He and sure in the second year he had nine drops and the targets have just evaporated since then yep anything yeah, else I, from this game sorry i only know it was was going to be the the tight ends you mentioned that i think you were spot on on the xm show uh saying that this is just a stay away situation like there's not a there's not a yeah. clear isaiah likely who is just going to step in uh for for dallas goddard here i mean jack stole won the snap battle handily so if you're if you're really pressing a tight end or you're in a super deep league and you're, you're looking for some sort of value i mean it was stole 55 snaps grand calcaterra 19 uh, Tyree Jackson snuck in there for nine snaps. So Stoll seems to be the guy uh, in terms of workload, but you know, he was one target in this game and neither of the other tight ends were even targeted. So I, I think this is just something where it spills over to the receivers. It spills over yep. to the backs. Yeah. That snap counts useful if you're in a 30 team, two tight end league. Yes. So yes. You if, you're, if you're in a league where you're required to, you know, roster someone named Jack Stoll, then maybe that's valuable. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one more game from the early slate, the Rams and the saints. Andy Dalton was one of the early high scorers at QB this week. Who knew? Uh, against against the Rams, no less. Yeah. 21 to 25, three touchdowns, did take three sacks. Uh, and you know, that that does hurt, but they didn't they didn't turn the ball over at all. And that was big in this game. Uh, the Rams kept pace for a while, but then you know, Stafford caught had the concussion. Rams, the Saints had a big third quarter, and actually, you know, this was like kind of in the bag. Kind of this was this was. I was a little surprised on this one. I had the Rams covering this one. This is another one I got aggressively wrong. Yeah, I uh, I don't remember where I went in staff picks. I, I think I, I do remember saying this would be a three-point game, and I, I think I took the Saints to win at home, but I, I believe we had it at three and a half, and I think I took the Rams to cover. I mean, the one the one unit that I respected in this game was the Rams' defense, and, and they let him down. I mean, Andy Dalton had been struggling the last yep. three weeks coming into this game, and he looked fantastic. 21 of 25, only took three sacks. Yeah, uh, which for Andy Dalton is fantastic. Had the three touchdowns. Alave got back on track. Jawan Johnson uh, continues to be sneakily productive. We saw Jarvis Landry get in the end zone as well. Um, you know, the Rams hit a big one to two-two Atwell early on. Other than that, just a, an offense that was completely devoid of big plays. And we'll see what happens with Stafford. Uh, you know, this could be if he if he does indeed have a concussion, that would be two concussions in three weeks. I, I know as of last night, he wasn't officially in protocol. Who knows what that means? We'll see. Um, but you know, we're it's getting late early for the could Rams. Could be operation here. shutdown time. No it, Cooper Cup. I think could so be no, too. And no Stafford. I, I mean, they're at I the think, Chiefs next week, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That, it yeah. doesn't get any easier, and they're in the and they're. I still contend it's a a tough division, despite the records of everyone there. And it's not even Wolford. It's Bryce Perkins is is the backup now, right. and he took three sacks and didn't look ready for prime time. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of takeaways. Allen Robinson had had the touchdown, four catches. Higby had eight targets, so he's still heavily targeted. He still probably will be. The other takeaway is Cam Akers led the backfield this week, 14 for 61, 4.4 yards per carry. 
Yes, he, he may have some juice. Kyron Williams has some juice, and Daryl Henderson's almost a cut. Yeah, it's starting to starting to look that way. I, I did not think we would see Cam Akers back with this team, you know, around like week five, week six, when, when all that was bubbling up. Um, I'm shocked, but that's kind of where the Rams are. You know, they, they were unable to, to bring in any other help, and Cam Akers did what he needed to do behind the scenes to, to get back in the good graces of this coaching staff. And, you know, we, we say it all the time about these bad teams. Like, the Rams the Rams are cooked. Like, the rest of the season is going to be ugly, but much like today, I mean, they're, they're still going to be scoring somewhere between 10 and 20 points most weeks, and Cam Akers is going to have some value. I mean, I, I think they're just going to slowly bleed out this season um, with or without Matthew Stafford at this point. And on Allen Robinson, by the way, kind of disappointing. No real uptick in targets post Cooper no. cup. He did almost exactly what he's been doing over the last four weeks. Like he's, he's basically averaging four catches and 45 yards uh, over the last five weeks. So it's, it's a, a slight improvement over what you got from him early on, but it just, it, it doesn't really look like all of a sudden taking Cooper cup away is going to mean Allen Robinson is, is averaging eight well, catches a week, especially, especially when you take Stafford out. away. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, for sure. All right. We got one more uh, note from a sponsor from our friend, the monkey knife fight football is officially back on monkey knife fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that too on monkey knife fight. There's no sharks, no salary caps and no math. It's just easy to play easy to win daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to hundred dollars. So what are you waiting for? join monkey knife fight today oh goody let's talk denver and raiders here nick this is this is another instant classic went to overtime i mean you're thrilled if you have Devonte adams um i guess you know Derek carr you're you're, you're fine with you, you know he did fine he got the big ta- uh, throw at the end of the game the broncos i mean they just they they threw on third down with the lead again and the raiders out of timeouts incomplete pass Awful. Cost themselves 40 seconds, then called a timeout on the Raiders drive while on defense. I mean, it didn't matter because they were probably down, far enough down at that point in time in, in the in Broncos territory, but especially with Daniel Carlson kicking. But still, just, you know, this is a, just, they do so many dumb things. They deserve to lose these games. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually thought this was a, a good spot for Denver. You know, we talked about trusting this defense. Uh, uh-huh. you know, as, as one of the best units in the league against what's been just a terrible Raiders team, but the Raiders have their number this year. They're two and zero against Denver and they've racked up a ton of yards on a defense that really nobody else has been able to move the ball against all yeah. season. Josh Jacobs has had two huge games against this team. And, you know, he had probably the play of the game, you know, late in the fourth quarter, long screen pass out of the backfield or swing pass. I should say, uh, they, I think it was Josie Jewell for the Broncos was just horribly beat on that one and, you know, probably yep. should have set up a touchdown for the Raiders, but they end up settling for a field goal, uh, a scenario that we, it feels like we've seen from them time and time again, where they have four chances from like the 10 yard line uh, and couldn't punch it in. But man, I mean, Denver is just so poorly coached. Like you said that you, you, you kind of felt like that third down pass was coming. Like, you know, Hackett felt like he needed to trust Russell Wilson there. Obviously it was going incomplete. Obviously it would have been better to, to run 40 seconds off the clock. Um, they're, they're just so poorly coached, so poorly managed. We had another huge Melvin Gordon fumble, uh, that, that turned a touchdown drive into a field goal drive. And unsurprisingly, they have now parted ways with Melvin Gordon. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's, it's about time. Latavius Murray. Hey, when you got Latavius Murray going 17 for 49, you don't need Gordon around 17 for 49, 2.9 yards. Uh, one of those was a one yard run for a touchdown. So, okay, fine. Uh, but point is that that was just, that was the last straw. 
It was the last fumble. I get it there. Uh, yeah. yeah, not much. It's such a narrow tree for the Raiders. Jacobs had only all the carries, every single carry for the Raiders running backs. Uh, and he had the big catch too. Big, big week for him. Didn't get in the end zone, but still, I mean, it was pretty good, pretty solid. Uh, Foster Moreau had one big play in overtime, that 33 yard catch. Um, that put them, that did a lot to put them in that position. And then, of course, Adams just toasted Sertan on the game winning touchdown, just toasted him. Great route and horrible support. Horrible, like, design by the pass defense to be put yeah. in that position. Yeah, he was wide open. You know, wide, wide open. Camera pans as Derek Carr is throwing that one. Um, and, and Adams is just running left to right with really nobody near him. Yeah, um, Devontae Adams, I mean, if, if nothing else, he has kind of risen above uh, the carnage that, that has become this Raiders season. I mean, my goodness, yeah. seven for 141 and two touchdowns. I mean, he's on pace for, for another just monster, monster season. And, you know, long-term, I, I still don't think this is probably what he signed up for in Vegas, but uh, I mean, the yardage is going to be there. He's two touchdowns away from eclipsing last year's total already. Um, and again, I, I think the Raiders, you know, they're sitting at three and seven. They're, they're probably done at this point. The rest of the schedule is not easy by any means. Um, your only real quote unquote easy game uh, is against the Rams and, and you're the Raiders. So no game is easy, but uh, right. I mean, he is, he is on course for a huge, huge, huge year. So Good to see that, if nothing else, for fantasy owners. And also good to see Josh Jacobs back on track here. Indeed. Anything else from that game? Uh, not too much. I, I just – the Russell Wilson trade, We at some point we're going to have to have a long talk on the XM show about, like, where this ranks in terms of disastrous deals because, yeah, I mean, this week to week – this you know, watching this game, the announcers are like, well, this this is far and away the best Russell Wilson has played all year. Oh. Okay, if that's true, yeah. which it very well might be, if that's true – Russell Wilson, this is where he is now. His best game of the year is 247 yards and no touchdowns. Yeah, I will say this. No Jerry Judy, no KJ Hamler, no Tim Patrick. They, you know, three players they expected to have at the start of this season. Yeah, but still. I mean, and they I, chose not to have Albert O out there. I queue up Mario Puig with another rant about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, anyhow, and I, I don't think Mario's wrong, by the way. Uh, just, no. It's it's just they chose not to have that weapon on the field all right let's finish up with the sunday night game chiefs and chargers this was fun this was a fun this game was. It was really a, fun was, game glad I, I thought it. the chargers were going to win i really did i let myself think that the chargers were going to win this game uh really good first half by the chargers I thought the defense showed up things changed significantly in that second half uh you know isaiah pacheco i, I think that was probably the the, the number one storyline from this game other than travis kelsey just being Travis Kelsey and, and Mahomes reminding everybody that he's still the best quarterback in the league. Yep. Pacheco, this felt like the official kind of coming out party for him on a national stage. And, you know, the final line was nothing crazy, 15 for 107. But, I, like, does anybody, like, any non-superstar running back that you think of have, like, that distinct of a running style? Like, you're watching him. Like, he looks different than every other back he runs in the league. angry uh, at the turf. Yeah, he's it, like it, Roy it, Kent. Yeah, You know that reference? No, I do not. No, is, okay. <laughs> Ted Lasso. You haven't okay. seen Ted Lasso yet? I'm not. I've saw. I watched. That's a modern show. Say, I didn't okay. like Ted Lasso. I'm, I'm anti Ted Lasso. Really? That's too I bad. I know. I know. I know. It's not a popular take. I, I didn't love it. Um, but Pacheco, man. I mean, he's almost on like a rhythm the way he runs, where it's just like you know his yep. whole body is kind of into it. It's like I, I would not want to tackle that guy. I'll tell you that. And and certainly the Chargers did not want to in the second half. But oh man, it it, it felt like that final score you know, by, by the chargers, which, you know, was set up by that insane throw from Herbert to Keenan Allen, a great catch by Allen to kind of a making amends for that fumble on the mm -hmm. previous possession. You just knew they had scored way too soon. 
right? Way, but, way but, too soon. But yet you can't moderate that. Uh, no, my, not at all. This is a huge talking point for me because touchdowns are not a birthright. They're not like a yep. given. When you score a touchdown, you take it. When you can, you take it. I mean, they still got the ball at the end. They still had 30 plus seconds and all they needed was a field goal. They yep. just couldn't protect Herbert two plays in a row. I, no, they did this. And, and I, by the way, on that first play of that last drive, they did like what looked like to be a QB draw and no, that's not it. Don't do that. Uh, I know you had timeouts to use. It was a down it was yardage. I mean, I, they just couldn't protect him at the end. Chris Jones took over at yep. the very end there. Uh, Kelsey was unstoppable. I mean, that that's the other thing he beat Derwin James, like a rented, mule i mean it was just i'm sorry I, you know I, I'm, I'm stealing a total line from uh, overman there but uh you know it, it, the best cover safety on tight ends yep. got just toasted by kelsey just toasted yeah you're right i'm glad you brought that up it was i was gonna say that too i mean it was our best against your best and i mean it wasn't just that last play uh that last touchdown by kelsey it was all night i mean kelsey was yep. routinely getting the best of derwin james who you know it's just kind of crazy watching that replay it's like all the numbers indicate that Derwin James is much faster than Travis Kelsey, but he could not catch up to him. You know, Kelsey nope. has that subtle get off on the line and, um, you know, it was kind of, they, it looked like they were almost running a pick play. They ran it perfectly to the point where I think Derwin James was maybe anticipating have to having to get around. I believe it was Watson kind of crossing in the middle and just never caught up. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that was the story for me is the, the chargers were, I, I think a little bit timid coming out of halftime. They're up seven. Um, they, they passed on a fourth and inches at around the 40 yard line. They punted, which knowing the chargers, they almost what never did you do, that. do with Brandon Staley. I mean, that, that should be your sign that he's been kidnapped and that's an imposter on the sidelines. I, I thought given the opponent, I mean, okay, I'm looking now it was closer to the 35. So look, if you don't get it, you know, you're probably giving up a touchdown, but they punted and gave up a touchdown anyway. It's like, it's yeah, the chiefs. Exactly. You're Brandon Staley. Like you, this is what you do. You absolutely this... need to convert this. And they had, they had done well, you know, on third and fourth down conversions, uh, or third down conversions, I should say, to that point. Um, right. A couple of dicey ones, but, you know, Austin Eckler was getting it done. You know, he's such a tough guy to tackle. He stays low. Um, you know, Herbert had a, had a sneak on one, I believe, that they got a first down. I mean, I, I thought as soon as they they punted that ball, they kind of signed their own death warrant. That's some Anthony Lynn stuff there. Uh, it really was. Sure. Uh, Mike Williams got hurt again, made a beautiful toe-tap yeah. catch, and then limped off to the sideline, was done. Uh, ugh. So frustrating with them. At least Keenan Allen made it through the game. He did have the bad fumble, but five for 94. Palmer, what a huge day he had. Eight for 106, two awesome. scores. I mean, that first drive, boom, boom, boom. Three plays are like, hey, we have Justin Herbert back. And oh, yeah. he, he had a great game. Just couldn't get the time late. The, the Chiefs adjusted. The Chiefs had no whiteouts to speak of. I mean, Justin Watson's out there making plays. Sky Moore made some plays, but they lost. They, they lost Tony in this game. Valdez Scantling had one catch. I mean, it was just all Kelsey. I mean, it was just crazy. And yet here we are. I mean, the Chiefs mm -hmm. just, I mean, they just keep on reloading. It's amazing. Yeah, that was part of the reason I liked the Chargers was I, I really thought they would feel the the absence of McCole Hardman, the absence of Juju Smith-Schuster. And in the first half, maybe it felt like they did, but Sky Moore, you know, it felt like all those catches were huge, you know, third downs. They, they converted a third and 17 in mm -hmm. the second half from deep in their own territory. I mean, that, that just can't happen. You know, those are the type of plays that it feels like only the chargers give up and you know, right. the, the amount of talent on that defense just does not, uh, does not equate to the result. And you know, you only sack Mahomes once Herbert sacked five times, uh, could have been more. Uh, but I, I, on the whole though, I thought Herbert looked amazing in this game outside of that pick late, which was a desperation throw, you know, kind of chucked under pressure. Coverage. Yep. It was tipped. It was a, you know, diving, 
uh, interception off of a tip. So, you, you know, you, you'll give a pass for that. But this is three weeks in a row now coming out of the bye where he has he has looked like MVP candidate Justin Herbert. And he's not in the mix for that award this year, but I, I think he's fully recovered from that rib injury. Yep. Chargers fans can be pleased that, you know, it's like, like, I love, like, you know, he may not be the, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, still, but Chargers fans wouldn't trade Herbert for anything. Bengals fans wouldn't trade Burrow for anything. Bills fans wouldn't trade Allen for anything. Um, And, you know, we'll see about fields and fields and Hertz being at that level. I, I don't put them at that level yet, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I might be overstating the case wearing my Bengals uh, brown and black and orange glasses here too. So we'll see. Yeah, well, I noticed you didn't you didn't mention Trevor Lawrence either, but you know we'll see. You, uh, you're telling well, me you didn't, he didn't play this week, up. so I wasn't yeah. thinking about that. So yeah, no, I would yeah, not. Very true. I would not. All right, let's what, was, or go, go ahead, ahead, please. I yeah. was going to say it was just nice to uh, to have a week without the Jags, where I could just sit back and know that you know I was not going to have like my my Sunday end with inevitable sadness. That was that I was that way at the Bengals last week. Yeah. Uh, so I get you. All right, let's rip, rip through these. Jay Red says down forty two point seven five. He has CMC. He uh, opponent has CMC. He has Debo Mitchell, Gold, and more. Hey, this does not pass the airplane test. Don't throw in the towel. Um, we're not going to do chances to win because that's exclusive province of XM. Yep. Uh, it's not really, but we're just not going to do it. Uh, but don't give up. No. Trade Ayuk and Wilson for Sanders and Cook. Would you do this? So you're giving up Brandon Ayuk and you're giving up. Let me see. I'm trying to find you're, this question. You're giving up Ayuk and I'm not okay. sure which Wilson, but. I assume Jeff Wilson. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Sanders and Cook. Not Zach. Yeah, <laughs> Garrett. Jeff. It could be Garrett. I, I, I want Miles Sanders. I'll say that. I mean, he's he's my favorite player. Yeah, in this trade. Yeah, we need we need a specification on the way. It could be Russell Wilson, for all we know. Who knows? Um, I, I want the Sanders side of that, though. So I I, I like the Ayuk side. So if it's Ayuk and Jeff Wilson, I, I prefer Ayuk and Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson's going to have value okay. going on the stretch. Uh, we already talked about Lamar. You guys think Keenan coming back is going to make Palmer more productive going forward? It's easy to say that after a massive game. I don't think it always plays out this way, but, I mean, I think it does help Palmer. I think so. Uh, I mean, it certainly did last night and Keenan Allen was on somewhat of a pitch count. Uh, they, they were very careful with him and I, I think he's going to get better and better, but the, the more important thing is, you know, the, at least the initial indication on Mike Williams was he re-injured that high ankle sprain. So I, I think we could be now back to a situation where he's week to week at best. Indeed. Uh, Matt says I lost Ertz, So I pick up Dalton Schultz or David Njoku. Ooh, I actually like both of those guys. We saw Njoku get back involved. I, I think I would slightly lean Schultz. There, there's a Dak Schultz connection. I know he didn't get in the end zone, you know, despite them yeah. putting up 40 points, but Dak looks for Schultz way more than Cooper Rush did. I think Schultz's value was kind of artificially lowered early on. Agreed. I think it's because they put up 40 points. He didn't have to turn to Schultz that much. Um, they just Pollard and it was just so effective in this game. Last one. Uh, any value with Marlon Mack now that they waived Gordon, uh, the Broncos waived Gordon. I think there, there might be by default because Chase Edmonds also left that game with a high ankle sprain. So we'll yeah. see what, what, what they do to, to add depth, but you're essentially removing two guys from that depth chart. Yeah. It just shows how little they think of Gordon that they, yeah. in a week where they lost another running back, they did this too. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap it up, everybody. Thanks for uh, jumping in with us. Team USA is about to start. So we timed this absolutely perfectly. So perfectly. Thanks to No House Advantage. Catch Nick and I tonight on Sirius XM Fantasy during the Monday Night Football game and take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.